0: Don't believe a damn word that comes out of your mouth. <laughs>
1: God damn it, you make me look like a fool. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm her little brother, William.
1: And this week, we're going to be talking about two different kinds of mediumship. You might know that mediums are a thing, that they talk to the dead, but there are a few different modes of communication, and we're going to cover a couple of them.
0: And I will freely admit right now that I don't think I knew that these were all different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I thought that if you were a medium... You talk to the spirit world, that's the beginning and end of it. Yeah. Crazy stuff might happen in there. Sure. But no, it does break down into almost individual, quote unquote, sciences. Of this is how. I don't think
1: anybody would call it a science. No,
0: I, I know. But yeah. I mean like uh, uh, different. Categories. categories or um, expertises. I'm a physical medium. Yeah, This is the stuff that I do.
1: Physical medium, mental medium. I and go then into trances. That,
0: yeah. Exactly. It all drills down deeper. So mm-hmm. we're going to get into what these different things are. I've got some examples that are, that blew my mind. So do I. I can't wait. Yeah. But we do have to wait because first we need to address mm-hmm. uh, the the promise of, I think, last week's episode. Kristen and I spoke about all of the Saw movies leading up to the new film, Spiral, which is mm-hmm. presently in theaters right this second. And from what I've seen, uh, of course, this is graded on a curve, but it's doing quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was the number one in the box office. It was a soft box office weekend. Of course. And yet, it was at the top.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to give our spoiler-free review of Spiral. Yes. Kristen. Okay. You may start.
1: I thought it was fine. It felt nothing like a Saw movie to me, but for a a horror movie that I'm just going to see with a couple of famous people that I like in it, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, it was a serviceable to not great horror movie. It did not feel connected to the Saw world. So I was very disappointed about that, but I, I, didn't have a bad time whatsoever watching it. It was a tight ninety. Um, it was fine.
0: Yeah. I uh for for me, I largely agree with you. I personally felt like I was always ten steps ahead of the movie. Oh well itself.
1: that I mean, yeah, I figured out The killer and all that stuff like pretty quickly.
0: I figured everything out so early that I was like, it can't be that. Mm
1: -hmm. Something
0: more, you know, twisty, turny, saw-ish, outlandish must be happening. And nope, it was exactly what I thought it was.
1: I was just off. I knew who the killer was. I was incorrect about who his motivation was in regards to.
0: Yeah. But William got it. I, I got it. And listen, I that's fine, except it was so simplistic it did feel a little bush league it didn't live up to the the outlandish nature of saw which is largely how all. i feel about the entire movie i uh over the course of like many shows and conversations have talked about how saw is big and ridiculous and they need to streamline mm-hmm. i think they've gone with that to an extreme there's no there's no like silly billy puppet guy now it's a pig mm-hmm. there's only a pig costume it's all pig 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 but nothing is quite cartoony and lively anymore no and so it doesn't feel heightened it doesn't feel like no fun spooky to Mm -mm. me anymore it feels um a little rote yeah and a little plain yeah um and uh i liked i like chris rock Mm -hmm. i like i really liked sam jackson and um i don't know i just wish there was more to sort of like to puzzle over
1: yeah there's also there's like no theorizing to be had really
0: no and also like i said i think last week at some point i was like this is gonna live or die based on the strength of the new spiral killer Mm -hmm. and i i wasn't impressed with the the motive
1: no nor i
0: at all and it it just doesn't feel like there's any depth
1: it's a little basic
0: like i don't know where you would even go from here i know um which is a shame yeah um having said that I love going to the movies and I enjoyed seeing it in theaters. And I also had this uh, paradoxical thought shortly after. I probably would have been able to just like kind of groove on this movie more if I was watching it at home.
1: Why do you think that?
0: I think that the, I think that it's a tight 90, which is great. But I think that maybe it's my modern thinking of like if I'm going to the movies, I kind of want it to be. Oh, like all the, out, like bang worth, for your
1: buck worth the
0: the anxiety of going out into the world today, mm-hmm. and I kind of walked out going like, okay, yeah, okay, which is like, oh man, I don't know if it lived up to the hype of of
1: your first, well, I guess it wasn't your first it wasn't movie. my first yeah, But yeah, like yeah. put
0: your mask on, go out to the theater, mm-hmm. sit in this you know confined space with other people, yeah, I was like, I don't know, I, I feel like it's it's more of a let your hair down kind of movie watching mm-hmm. it at home.
1: I can see that you know? I actually wasn't anxious at all going out in public it didn't feel that different to me than like going to target or something you know what i mean like i've been in public with people i had my mask on except for when i was eating my brussels sprouts naturally of course um but yeah it felt safe i felt totally fine
0: yeah oh i love going listen it's the second time i've gone i still love going um and i don't feel outwardly anxious but i can't help but like cast an eye at the people all around me you know what i mean it's that kind of like under the surface anxiety i don't know Mm -hmm. if it was worth it didn't, it didn't overcome the the sort of like, yeah, it this didn't, is a weird thing to be doing right now. You have to fill out, out a contact tracing form before you go into the theater.
1: Oh, I know. You did that. So I didn't really. It's like one person per your group does it. Yeah. So I wasn't really engaged with that. It's all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then I was
0: like, this was a fine movie. I I could have like watched it at
1: home. Yeah,
0: definitely. And honestly, if I were watching it at home, I probably would have watched it like twice just for the fun of it.
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Especially because it's so short. Exactly. So yeah, there you go. It's of fun. A, sort of a, a, a mix. I, I'm not going to call it. A good movie or a bad movie. I mean, it, that's that's how I, I, I felt while watching the movie and and I the. Outcome.
1: Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, I will say this is, I'm not saying this as like a, a quirky, funny thing. I'm just telling the truth. So I had my mask, obviously, and I always like squint during gory parts of things. So I don't want to see all the grossness. I had my mask hooked on one ear because I like, you know, had it off to eat or whatever. And I figured I'd put it back on at some point. And I used my mask as an eye mask. So then I didn't have to squint. So it was less annoying.
0: It's so weird. For me.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe for other people, they were like, who's that girl?
0: Sitting in a movie theater, wearing a mask over your eyes, eating Brussels sprouts is the weirdest thing to be doing. Like, if there was a camera on you well, I wasn't eating
1: the Brussels sprouts while my mask was on my eyes.
0: You know how they like used to advertise paranormal activity with <laughs> night vision shots of a theater full of people going, <gasps> gasping and stuff? It's just you covering your eyes with a mask, popping Brussels. Bizarre. Go see Spiral.
1: I do, I do weird uh, theater going habits. When we were talking to, or I was talking to M from, and that's why we drank on a bonus episode a couple months ago, I told her about how I got Starbucks sous vide egg bites and ate them by myself in a movie theater. <laughs>
0: so. Hey, listen, you do you.
1: Exactly. I certainly do. I was going to say. I certainly do do me.
0: It seems like that's not really a risk. Not, not a problem. For you not to do you. <laughs> Um, right, well, people much- wanted to know real quickly oh, about yes, our, yes. our spouses. Yes, that's Your husband right. Ryan, so my right. wife Allie. Yes. Uh, what, what was Ryan's reaction to the movie, would you say?
1: Like, fine. He, he you know, all, basically the same as us without any feelings about, like, the Saw franchise. Okay. Because, like, he has no stake in that. He didn't just rewatch all eight of them like we did or anything. Right. He was like... Yeah, it was fine. It was almost, all right.
0: Almost neutrality. Yes, basically. Which I don't know. If it was quite. Don't know. It's not
1: a compliment. Right. But he was like, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was enjoyable.
0: And if I'm remembering correctly, I think Allie decidedly did not like it.
1: Yes, I remember her saying that when it ended.
0: And I, I remember being like, I, I might... I, I knew going in that it probably wasn't going to turn out
1: yeah. well. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I think that's exactly what I got. I, yeah. I don't think this was her kind of movie yeah. at all. Yeah. I actually... Actually, I, now that a, a little more is coming to me, I remember her actually guffawing and laughing at a few things sitting next to me in the theater.
1: <laughs> Do you remember what they – well, I guess i would be spoilery, but Somebody, yeah. No, this isn't a
0: spoiler. At one moment, a cop turns to another and goes, you're getting too close to this.
1: Oh, I know. That was funny. You're too close to this one. That was funny. And
0: Allie kind of went, <laughs> yeah, would chuckled at it, and I was yeah. like, don't – hey.
1: <laughs> I looked at Ryan – I'm trying
0: really hard to love this right yeah.
1: now. <laughs> I looked at Ryan through my – eye mask at one point at something gross and he was like grimacing like he was looking at the screen but he was like
0: oh really (laughs) awesome
1: gross
0: (laughs) yeah well there you have it spiral a spiral update everybody
1: yep why don't you go first i'm very curious to hear what you got here
0: okay so the the topic that i'm going to be talking to you about specifically is physical mediumship. Right. So this is defined by, you know, you think about people sitting in a seance around the table. There's one medium, and they might say, is anybody there? Mm-hmm. Knock once for yes, knock twice for no. Yeah. And a spirit knocks.
1: And they're saying no? Because <laughs> you just knocked twice. <laughs>
0: That's a, that's a tricky little spirit ah, toying with that's us. That's
1: a trickster ele- <laughs> I elemental. I, I do not really think that yeah. through.
0: But that would be an example of physical mediumship. A right. spirit communicating to you literally by interaction with the physical world. Mm -hmm. So it can be knocking on the table, rapping upon a door, um, and it might even get more outlandish. Sometimes um, they communicate with the help of things called spirit trumpets, Mm -hmm. which are almost literally like bullhorns that you might imagine cheerleaders using, calling through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea is that spirits might be so quiet that this spirit trumpet helps their voice be magnified and audible right um uh they might emanate uh they might uh manifest as like hands and feet or entire bodies out of ectoplasm in the air Kristen, there are photo there's photographic mm-hmm. evidence of that
1: oh my god i love evidence
0: i love evidence oh. so much <laughs> um There are, evidently, mediums are said to be the source of power for these kinds of manifestations themselves. They're almost like a living battery. Mm -hmm. Through the medium, who's really sort of uh, conducting this uh, seance, the spirit can draw on the energy of the medium to get enough power to form a hand out of ectoplasm in the air. Or to be able to speak into that spirit trumpet and have their voice be Heard, um, there was a psychical researcher named W. J. Crawford, who I will talk about in a little while, who noted that uh, mediums mediums tend to experience weight loss during moments of supernatural activity. So he would literally have these mediums sit on a chair on a scale, mm-hmm. and he would just stare at their weight and their weight. Man, would... why
1: did he even think
0: to do this? It's a whole thing.
1: That's such a, I mean, that's an interesting idea and theory, but like, right. it's strange to me that, that would even occur to you to test. I agree.
0: I think it's part of the idea of like them being a sort of energy source for the spirit. The energy, right. the weight is pulled out of them yeah, for yeah, the yeah. spirit to do things. Yeah. And then at the end of the seance there, or at the end of the supernatural moment, their weight might go back up. Mm-hmm. He would also weigh everybody uh-huh. and note that like, oh, some of them lost a couple of ounces between the beginning of the seance and the end.
1: I mean, did somebody go pee pee. <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't know. So here's another, uh, here's another physical object, a spirit cabinet. This is an object used for uh, physical mediumship. You know about this? I do. See, this is tricky because I don't know how much I'm telling you about versus you just knowing, because you know about the spiritualism movement and the well, seances. And I stuff. mean, that's
1: no different from any other show. Really? Shut up. I know some weird stuff. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but I'll still be like,
0: Really? (laughs) So uh, spirit cabinets were first introduced by the Davenport Brothers Mm. in the 1850s. It was originally proved, ironically, to prove that what they were doing during seances couldn't be faked. Yes. The idea was, well, hey, for a seance, you need to basically sit in a really dark environment. Mm -hmm. And now we're hearing all these sounds, voices coming from different corners of the room. The Davenport Brothers could be up to anything. Well, right somebody the audience goes what if you guys sat in a cabinet that (laughs) way we know where you are right the other stuff can't be stuff you know you can't be running into the corner and and making a ghostly sound over there we know you're in the cabinet but then they turned it into a tool to just hide what they were up to altogether. it's claimed
1: so how how so how were they hiding what they were doing in there
0: what are, you, are you setting me up like an episode of Bill Nye or no. something? Well,
1: you no, know, William, this happened recently, too. You and I were on the phone with somebody, and I asked a genuine question, and you were like, oh, what are you doing? You're setting me up. No, I'm just asking.
0: I just don't believe a damn word that comes out of your mouth. <laughs>
1: God damn it. You make me look like a
0: fool. By the way, it's officially uh, come up. Somebody has officially pointed out Kristen and I play characters in The Blair Witch. Oh, good! Somebody has heard our voices in the Hunter Killer Blair Witch box series. You can hear us act.
1: Who who said that? Where can I see them? Where they said that?
0: I'm gonna protect my sources. It was Andrea.
1: Oh, nice, yeah. cool. Is in the chat Andrea. right now, I believe. Oh, nice. But
0: uh, yeah, so they've now heard our acting. So yeah. a bunch of people are essentially. Well,
1: I wasn't acting just now. I was genuinely asking what they were doing in that cabinet because I don't know everything about the history of spirit cabinets. I just know what they are.
0: And I still didn't believe a word that <laughs> came out of your mouth. So really, the idea was that. First of all, to explain what they were doing, mm-hmm. sort of, I have to explain how they arrived here. They claimed that they had a spirit guide, literally like a family ghost yeah. who would teach them how to do certain things or or how d- he was the sort of conduit for them to contact spirits. Mm-hmm. We've got our family ghost who's telling us everything, John King. John King supposedly came to them and said, yeah, that audience member was right. In fact, here's exactly how big a cabinet should be for you to sit in so the audience knows exactly where you are at all times, mm-hmm. and so it turned out to be a uh, cabinet seven feet high, six feet wide, and two feet deep. Okay, they would go in there. Um, people from the seance who are who are there to to be their like like uh, customers yeah. or you know just members sitting at the the table. They would physically like tie the the Davenport brothers to these like little things inside the spirit box Mm -hmm. to be like good okay this rope is secure secure. you can't possibly get out of this cabinet they would close the doors nobody can see the davenport brothers anymore right um so uh uh okay within moments the spirit spirit hands of men women and children they they bored a hole into the spirit cabinet Mm -hmm. sides for air Mm -hmm. because i guess they thought it was airtight where they were
1: well i mean to be fair i I wouldn't want to be in a cabinet Fair enough. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I I would want an air vent.
0: So, uh, within moments, spirit hands of men, women, and children appeared in the hole in the door, and music instruments began to play. Musical sounds were heard coming from within.
1: That's a lot me thinks that the Davenport brothers were laying on a little thick
0: a little thick this right? is yes as a matter of fact they had people helping them who eventually went on to become <laughs> magicians themselves this is very much a like magician's hands cabinet
1: and music and stuff like what are the they it's very just,
0: active they're, they're just farting on a tuba in there <laughs> if you hear music coming from inside the cabinet where yeah. the Davenport brothers are sitting
1: I, it's gotta be a ghost yeah right you can't see them like what do you yeah. think is happening
0: when the doors were open the brothers would still be found tied up which is a magic trick yeah it's like sleight
1: of hand kind of stuff yeah
0: it's it's you know escapism yeah like harry houdini stuff like Mm -hmm. i can slip out of my binds i can toot on this horn right (laughs) (laughs) watch me go (laughs) so that's one thing Mm -hmm. spirit cabinets let's get into spirit trumpets yes so this is literally like a like i said before just like Almost if you rolled up um, a piece of, like, paper mm-hmm. and toot into it like a kid might do, like, call out through your hand. That's yeah. basically a spirit trumpet. Yeah. Um, the concept –
1: spirit – do you remember this thing? <laughs> the spirit's doing that.
0: A spirit might be because <laughs> – One of the theories is that a spirit, rather than uh, just using the spirit trumpet themselves, Kristen – they might be possessing the medium's vocal cords.
1: Yes, so that's trance at that point. Oh,
0: it is? So that starts to cross into Probably. area? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's so ridiculous because if, as soon as you say, the ghost is possessing my vocal cords, what's the difference between that and just this, the medium is making up a voice? Trust. The difference is trust. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. So this made me think, Kristen, and this leads us to a very odd connection, to remember something that we've talked about in the past. On Guide to the Unknown, episode 82, we did an episode called Dan Aykroyd Believes in Ghosts and Aliens. Yeah. So I remember in that episode talking about how Dan Aykroyd's great-grandfather, I believe, Samuel Aykroyd, used to hold seances in the family barn, and I distinctly remember us talking about a trumpet-like instrument. So I googled Dan Aykroyd Spirit Trumpet. Mm -hmm. The top search result was... The Haunted History of Dan Aykroyd's Family from Hunt a Killer's...
1: Really? That was the top result?
0: Yes. hunterkiller.com slash blog written by Kristen Rogers Anderson.
1: Yes, my SEO pays off!
0: So I have yes. a quote from the author of this article who is you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. One time, a trumpet-like instrument supposedly floated over the heads of the attendees. Sometimes a whitish substance appeared in the dark, suspected to be ectoplasm. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, Samuel Aykroyd was never satisfied with uh, his understanding of this event, because he said that it was so dark he could barely make it out to begin with. But this is essentially the way that people believe spirit trumpets to work. Mm-hmm. They are they are really a conduit for a spirit to communicate. And ectoplasm might be one of the ways their communication is manifested.
1: It's so weird though, because it's like, isn't it that generally the spirit trumpet is a means to communicate by amplifying their voices? Like what about Supposedly. a spirit trumpet? Is helping create ectoplasm I Yeah that I don't know Because I understand even if I don't believe I understand the idea that maybe a spirit Is manipulating a human's body Which does have goo and stuff in it right. And that it could make your bodily Fluids come out and it's ectoplasm or Whatever but like that trumpet is just Probably a, you know a hard trumpet What about that produces ectoplasm
0: Yeah I, I don't I don't honestly I don't know I don't I know I don't, uh, th- these things Are still on display in some like you know paranormal Museums and things like mm-hmm. that like the authentic spirit trumpets. Yeah. But they're generally only just, you know, a metal sheet that's coiled into the shape of a cone.
1: Right. So it doesn't make any sense that they would do anything other than amplify the sound. Why is this a catch-all spirit helper?
0: They amplify the sound of everything. Yeah. Anything that's tooted into one end is Mm -hmm. louder at the other end. I I don't know. Yeah. I I quite frankly don't know. Maybe it is intent, right, Per per the belief structure of people who are into this stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's like, well, we we are telling the spirits they can use that. Yeah. So now they know that this is a tool for I guess them so. to use. Right. And yeah.
1: it's, it's yeah.
0: almost manifesting it yourself.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But then what's the difference if, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. I was going to say like, then why wouldn't they, you could just as well be like, our intent is for you to manifest ectoplasm. And then why even need the trumpet? Well,
0: that happens too. Yeah. I, I think the yeah. ectoplasm, I think, I think the ectoplasm case, with Samuel Aykroyd, mm-hmm. is unusual. Mm-hmm. Usually a spirit trumpet is all about helping the vocalization, yeah, the, the voice of the dead, to be audible to humans, to living humans. I think the ectoplasm that he supposedly witnessed is not common, and mm-hmm. it's not why you would want a spirit trumpet. Yeah. You would want a spirit trumpet because it can amplify the voice of the dead. That's it. If mm-hmm. ectoplasm comes out, jackpot baby, scoop it up. Yeah,
1: I guess so. Yeah. I
0: guess. Um, and that, honestly, all of this is conjecture on my part. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about Frannick Klusky. Mm-hmm. This was in our database as somebody I should look up, and I don't remember why.
1: I put it there, obviously. And did you? Well, did you look them up? I sure did. You didn't find anything? Oh no, no,
0: no I found plenty. Oh, okay. I just don't know where this name came from.
1: Oh, I, don't, I, I don't, came across it somehow. You came
0: across it somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, a person named Frannick Klusky, who was born Phil modrezajewski
1: i think real quick i think that i read about this in the book life with the afterlife by amy okay. i think that's where it is so if anybody's interested
0: interesting so uh according to wikipedia he quote-unquote became frantic klusky again not his birth name by undergoing a psychological change as a child i have nothing more specific than that okay i became frantic klusky
1: does that name have like meaning or anything?
0: <laughs> I don't know. So uh, one of the big yeah. things that uh, he was known for was his uh, uh, instances of spirit photography. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on spirit photography uh-huh. itself, but the point is he would have photographs where there was a bird uh, that people heard the the fluttering of wings and then this photograph shows a gigantic hawk or something hugging around his head. Where did it come from? Yeah. Is it a spirit? There's no evidence of it once the lights come back on. Must have been a ghost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there are um, a lot of people who call these photos um, uh, to be uh, gigantic phonies and fakes. Mm. Um, a lot of them just appear to be fabric yeah. in the general shape of a person nearby him. And frequently it seems like fabric might have been used uh, by by mediums to to appear like liquidy right. ectoplasm in the air. So he was one of the people doing that.
1: Did he make sculptures or something? Yes. Okay. The big
0: thing that he's known for are what are referred to as klusky mm-hmm. molds. Clusky molds. Okay. Uh, this is very complicated to understand. It took me a long time to figure out <laughs> what anyone was talking about. Because uh-huh. all they would say is like, they would put paraffin wax on a table, mm-hmm. they would melt this wax, and then it would become hands. <laughs> What are you talking about? Here is what happened. In a seance, they would put a bowl of molten wax, wet melted wax, on the middle of the table. A lot of the time, particularly as this became more um, popular, a lot of skeptics would say, well, obviously Klusky's doing this himself. So people would start to deliberately hold Klusky's hands Mm -hmm. during these seances to make sure he wasn't doing this himself. Mm -hmm. The idea is a spirit manifests perhaps out of ectoplasm but they physically manifest they dip a hand a foot into the wax Mm -hmm. they pull their hand out now they've got a hand covered in wax they dematerialize
1: i got it and it leaves the wax and it
0: leaves the wax behind in the shape of a hand a foot frequently splashed on the people sitting around the table.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I, I, by the way, I just remember where I saw this for sure. Um, It's in the Netflix miniseries, Surviving Death. It could very well also be in that book that I just said, but I remember now they show those things.
0: Okay. So there are accounts from people that have gone to those seances being like, yeah, I could hear the sound of something splashing into the wax, and then I felt something drop into my lap. And these things would only last for like a second, because they were like, you know, melting wax that's quickly solidifying and Mm -hmm. crumbling apart. So basically people in the dark would only have a moment to kind of crane to be like, it looks like a hand Oh my god, it's the outline of a ghost hand that's on my lap now So some people were able to pour plaster Uh-huh Into some of these, uh, klusky molds and so we have plaster molds of ghost mm-hmm. hands that are Available today to look at you can see pictures of this stuff online. Just google klusky molds mm-hmm. um Now, a lot of people uh, uh, tried to disprove this kind of thing. Harry Houdini himself Mm -hmm. uh, came out and said, no, if you dip your hand in wax and you pull your hand out, now your hand is covered in wax, that wax doesn't need to take too long to cool. And if you're uh, good enough, trained enough, fast enough, clever enough, and careful enough, you might be able to slip that wax off your hand like taking off a rubber glove. Mm -hmm. And then that thing, that dangly piece of empty wax, like a glove- uh, molded directly to your hand, it's not going to last long anyway. Mm-hmm. No one's going to get a really good look at it. Um, obviously some people did. They were able to preserve some.
1: Why isn't gonna why is it not gonna last long anyway?
0: Because these things, the idea Because was, it's
1: wax and it'll just melt again.
0: Yeah, it'll I melt again if it or cools, it'll crumble. Then. But they were incredibly thin. Imagine uh-huh. dipping your hand
1: in wax and then pulling it out. You know what I guess I'm thinking of is paraffin wax, which is like this stuff that's used. I, I don't know if it's as popular anymore, but it's used in spas and um, nail salons sometimes and stuff. It's a type of wax that's like moisturizing in some way or something and it's thick and so I guess that's one thing because they will dip your hand or your foot in this wax oh that's what that is it's very
0: thick I, it is paraffin wax for, oh. for the record the the Clusky molds are in paraffin wax oh okay But uh, so that's what they do like in a massage where they put your hand in a big hot pocket
1: if, if Well, sometimes sometimes it's just a hot pocket, but some, if it feels like wax or mushy in there, right?
0: Sometimes it's just a hot
1: pocket. Sometimes it's just to feel nice. Like they give you like a warm mitt thing or something. But if you've done that before and you feel like, you know, mushy, mushy stuff, then it's paraffin, it's paraffin wax. wax. It's usually, I believe that, because the paraffin wax kind of like seals, it's like an emollient. Yeah. So I think they put lotion on you first and the wax is really driving that lotion into your skin. Oh, that's interesting. And it feels nice.
0: Now, let me ask you a question before your massage. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer four cheese? or pepperoni
1: (laughs) pepperoni every time (laughs) of course yeah
0: so um so yeah it was that so you're saying that that was pretty sturdy
1: no i guess not it's thick but it is soft and pliable if you
0: dipped your hand in it and pulled it back out
1: I mean, you could have a glove thing, but it's it's soft. It won't like dry and harden. So I right. get it now. So
0: okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people obviously were immensely skeptical of this. A lot of people really believed in this. Mm-hmm. One of the people who believed in it was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The guy believed in everything. The creator of Sherlock Holmes, who would write into New York Times all the time about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, trying to explain why he believed in it so hard. When the ectoplasmic figure was formed. In a fashion already recorded and photographed on many occasions by other mediums, uh, it was asked to dip its hand into a pail which contained warm paraffin. All the observers saw it do so and controlled the medium at the same time. When the wax, meaning control, like had hands on Klusky to make sure he wasn't the one doing this. When the wax had encrusted the hands of the phantom, it was asked to disappear. It did so, leaving the wax gloves, which had formed over its hands on the table, and now comes the point which your correspondent, New York Times, has overlooked, and which is fatal to his theory of impersonation, of fakery. Right. The wax gloves, as anyone can see for themselves, are in one solid piece, and are much narrower at the wrist than across the hand. How, then, could the hand have been withdrawn, save the dematerialization of the hand inside the glove?
1: A fair I get what he's saying. If you pull your hand I mean, out of a know. glove, yeah.
0: the the neck of the glove yeah. has to be as thick as your hand. Mm-hmm. How can the neck of the glove be thin? It's like imagine like Casper the Friendly Ghost's ass, how it just goes to like a little tail. It's like a
1: point, yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the hand does that at the end. Yes. Explain.
1: I can't. I mean You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those kinds of things where I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound like they'd be able to do that, but I'm sure somebody can. And then they would show me that they did. i would be like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty it doesn't much. sound right. I don't know how you do that, but I bet someone knows. It's pretty much that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Harry Houdini kept proving how to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over. And there are like a million different methods. Yeah. One thing that you can do is make your hand bigger. Going into the wax, then coming out. If you had, I love a, that so smart. If you had a tourniquet on your arm, yeah. all the blood Ooh. would be constrained into your forearm and hand. Big, plump, juicy when you cook them. <laughs> Talk about little smokies. Talk about little smokies. You pop your big, blood plumped up hand in the Ew. wax. You got Early a big on. hand. Yeah. You release the tourniquet. Your Boy. hand shrinks to its original size pull the hand out of the glove. What lengths are we going to? I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. But listen, if you are Frank yes. Klusky and this is your job,
1: Right. Right.
0: You go to these lengths. Herk. Now, n- nobody has definitively proven that. Yeah. I shouldn't say. I'm just saying, a bunch of people have come up with different methods that show that, that have. you can make a formation that looks very similar without having a phantom involved. Yeah. Anyway, sounds right. There were people that would then write into the New York Times and be like, uh, "Arthur Conan Doyle is a nut, and he believes in like stupid stuff." <laughs> and he would write in again and go write in and, and be like, "No, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, he basically would just get into fights." Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna try try to move fast real quick. Um, at one point in Frantic Klusky's career, they tried to have a ghost dip its face into the paraffin wax. Okay. Okay. Here's what happened. All right. <laughs> the medium was. Requested to produce a face impression. All right. However, a large sized buttocks impression was found in the wax. What? <laughs> it, was ale- <laughs> it was alleged by a seance sitter that, quote, Klusky dropped his pants. Klusky dropped, dot, 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 his pants and placed his buttocks in the paraffin.
1: It- Why did he do that?
0: It was later confirmed when it was discovered that Klusky had suffered a burnt buttocks for many days following this seance.
1: Oh my God! Just say that the the ghost didn't show up.
0: I can't. You don't well, have. Dom- my, my you do- don't have
1: dominion over the spirit world. So like it just didn't happen. And also, why would the butt be a better alternative anyway?
0: Is it Klusky being like out of spite? You want me to get a ghost's face in here? Fine. Here's my. Ass.
1: I have no idea. Or was he like? Well, I couldn't do my face because there might be remnants of wax on me or, or whatever. The mold
0: is going to look like me. Well, yeah, that too.
1: And so maybe he was like, well, my butt, at least I'll cover up my pants so nobody will know that it's like all red from the wax or yeah, something. Yeah, plus
0: maybe this funky phantom doesn't look like a human. Like oh he's got like a butt my. for a face. Yeah,
1: right. Oh my God. That is so stupid.
0: It's got two, this goes has two bulbous cheeks.
1: <laughs> sure does. That is so
0: dumb. That's so stupid. Just
1: don't do it that time. Just Say don't it didn't do it work. At all.
0: Say you have a tummy ache and you have to end the séance early.
1: That is incredibly dumb. He
0: dipped his ass in the wax. He dipped
1: his ass in the his, wax. And his
0: butt was burned. How did
1: he even <laughs> He sizzled his buns. Oh my god. Also, there's like hair and stuff on there probably. Like Oh my god. Yeah, it's true. And to
0: <laughs> All right, let's get let's get further, Bloom. I'm gonna move real fast to this guy, even though I spent the most time researching. That is him.
1: so dumb. It's the
0: dumbest thing in the in the world. Frantic Klusky dipping his ass in wax to pass it off as a
1: ghost. <laughs> And why wasn't anybody watching his ass during that one? Poor Sir Arthur I Conan was, Doyle. Like, I know. You know Sir like, Arthur Conan Doyle was really taken for a ride. <laughs> he really ride.
0: put his neck out there. He really did.
1: Um, but wait, there are other times where people are like holding his hands together and stuff. What, uh, you know, Frank? Are you Klusky? saying they should have
0: clasped his cheeks?
1: I'm asking why nobody was doing anything to manage Frank Klusky during this one that allowed him the opportunity to dip his ass in the wax.
0: Maybe he kept his hands in other people's hands and then shimmied out of his pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A magician doing Ooh. his greatest trick. That's like Houdini getting out of yes. um, that yeah. suit. Yeah, going out changed. of a straitjacket. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: New York Post uh, headline after this event Frantic Klusky
1: <laughs> shimmies out of and into pants, comma, burns ass.
0: Yeah. That- Frantic Klusky really sits in it.
1: Oh, yeah. What's <laughs> that? That's good. Um, That is so stupid. That's one of the dumbest things I think I've heard on this show.
0: Oh, well, I guess what? I might be able to top it. I definitely won't, but Uh this is also stupid. I spent most of my time researching this guy. I'm going to try to make it take like five minutes. A guy named W.J. Crawford. I mentioned him before. Psychic research guy who weighed people all the time. So, he... He was supposedly trying to prove whether or not seances were fact or fiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. There's one I, I have notes on a seance where he notes that the medium is particularly heavy. Uh-huh. And he says that while he was weighing her, her weight kept dropping. And he's like, he's like, oh, he has a quote in here that was so awesome. He <laughs> damn it. He goes, uh, it must be distinctly understood. This is in a book. I read a book okay. from 1919. Not a whole book. I didn't think so. Two chapters. Not bad. It must be distinctly understood by the reader that I do not guarantee the genuineness of the results given below. Okay. Cool. Can't wait to read your story, scientist. These sittings were held in my own house in a small laboratory I have fitted up for psychic work. That's awesome. That sounds so cool.
1: Yeah, that rules. Why don't we have home
0: labs for psychic work? I mean, this is kind of our home lab. Close. So he talks about he's got this one medium who's a big, heavy woman. Uh That's his words. Yeah. And he says uh, he can't see what she's doing at all, but there are trumpets that are speaking all over the place. Okay. And he goes, here's how I know that she couldn't have possibly moved. He's like, I I can't verify this visually, but she must not have been able to because I also assume that uh, because she's so big and heavy, if she moved, it it would probably be awkward and clumsy and I probably would have heard it.
1: Which is
0: a big ball of assumptions and really insulting.
1: So obnoxious. (laughs) So insulting.
0: Um, Okay. So here is the big thing about him. He was obsessed with a medium named Kathleen Gallagher. Okay. Kathleen Gallagher? Oh, sorry. Kathleen. Kathleen (laughs) Gallagher. Kathleen. Kathleen. (laughs) (laughs) Catheter Gallagher. Kathleen Gallagher. So uh, he would conduct experiments during her seances Mm -hmm. and then continuously write about how they proved that Kathleen Gallagher was absolutely contacting the spirit world. He said that sometimes she would lose 50 pounds during a seance and you could watch her physically shrink as her energy and weight was pulled by the spirits to do whatever Okay, he would. It must
1: have been nice to be like doing this stuff back in 1919 when there isn't like you can't set up a camera. That's not a thing. I know. So you can kind of say whatever you want.
0: Yep. He would talk about like how he would like creep around at her feet. Mm-hmm. during seances and witness what he called psychic rods jutting out of her legs to hold the table up and how they might form a psychic arm elbow thing to lift a table up for her. Uh-huh. And uh, sometimes the table would barely even be able to move. Um, uh, he would, he would try to figure out where on her body, all of her psychic energy came from, mm-hmm. and so he would put like weird powder on her and stuff. And frequently in the book, it references how um, all of this uh, activity seems to um, come primarily from her knickers.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> of course.
0: So WJ Crawford, it's a perv. Is a perv. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, here are some reviews of WJ Crawford's work. By the way, he was one of the like a very like vocal. Like supporter of, of mediumship at that time.
1: I mean, that sounds right from what you've said. Yes.
0: So uh, here's a review from the Journal of Applied Psychology. Crawford does not seem to be able to avoid self-deception and his experiments are not convincing. Surgeon Charles Morris Biednell published a book in 1920 debunking the experiments and offering a cash prize to anybody who could make anything levitate at all. Nice. Uh-uh. Brian Duncan, M.D., Oh. Kristen gets into the the fray, he criticized the, quote, total defect of logical power displayed by dr crawford funny saying that he paints quote the most pathetic picture of a willing victim of pernicious deception basically uh wj crawford is a cuck you're simping you're
1: simping (laughs) i like we both thought the same kind of dumb internet
0: thing yes
1: double j wj crawford's the original cuck
0: he is (laughs) um uh it's it's Something sad's going to happen in a moment, oh, so no. we shouldn't laugh too much about this. But it is it is wild. Um, researchers such as Ruth Brandon and Mary Roach have heavily criticized Crawford's investigations, describing him as uh, uh, credulous and having a sexual interest in Kathleen Gallagher, such as an obsession with her underwear. Which I read his book independently of getting this quote from Wikipedia, right. and he talks all about her knickers constantly. My God, he's Irish. That's why knickers is there.
1: Do Irish people, I don't, I think British people call them knickers too. I'm just
0: saying, it's not like, yeah. I'm not using, I'm not
1: Oh, oh! I no, Irish, I didn't yeah. think you were.
0: Uh, Crawford held a deep fixation on underwear in general. For example, psychical researcher Theodore Besterman noted that before, uh, okay, buried the lead. One year after he published this book and everybody was like, this guy sucks. Yeah. He took his own life. Oh. Which is horrible. Horrible and sad and horrible. That sucks. But this was pointed out by Theodore Besterman. Uh, Before uh, uh, W.J. Crawford took his lone life, he, quote, spent all his money, consequently leaving nothing, on a stack of woolen underwear for his family, sufficient to last for several years.
1: What? What was going on with this guy in underwear? He
0: was. He liked underwear. He
1: had like a preoccupation. But if it's his family, I assume, you know, it's not. That's, that's not it's, sexual it, no, in nature. It's, I guess it's
0: his version of taking care of them. I know, that's what I'm that saying. Underwear. This guy
1: was just like very fixated on underwear. I don't know. Weird. It's,
0: it's, it's horrible. He was 40 years old when he yeah. took his own life. He was only researching this stuff for a handful of years mm-hmm. and wrote a couple of books. In 1919, he published the book that I was reading from, yeah. which is like I- excruciatingly detailed mm-hmm. about how he weighed everything and the ounces of... Uh, weight that people supposedly lost and how he rigged ropes to measure every, and then you read the reviews and everyone's like, he was an idiot. Yeah, right. And uh, listen, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there's also this in 19, 1988. So about 40 years ago, Susan Blackmore claimed that she had communicated with Dingwall. This is the first time in this article that Dingwall is mentioned at all, (laughs) by the way. It's not like I know that this is like- Just dropped. Curtis Dingwall. Yeah, right. It's just, she communicated with Dingwall. Okay. Who knows? Anyway, saying that Crawford had confessed to, uh, that that he had uh, faked everything. Saying, Ding, I have to tell you something. It was all faked. All of it. So was he simping or was he the- (laughs) Was- (laughs) Or was he? I have to admit, I'm not. I'm only from context, even aware what something.
1: Me too. I I I couldn't swear to it. Was Was he
0: just trying to satisfy uh-huh. Kathleen Gallagher, medium? Yeah. Or was he almost the press, the mouthpiece of this movement to say it's real? I'm a voice of science, and it's real. And then other sciences were like, "You're not conducting real experiments. Mm-hmm. This is not true. You're putting out false information."
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Um. So uh, uh, there you go. Hmm. Physical mediumship and, quite frankly, two really interesting cases of people that were widely criticized and discredited Mm -hmm. but had very fascinating interactions with the, the physical mediums of that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's super cool. All right. Well, we're going to move on to trance mediums, which is a mental form of mediumship as opposed to the physical. But first, we need to make sure you know some stuff about us, like your mediums, reading, The ethers for info about us. Yeah, exactly. Except mediums only contact the dead specifically. So that would mean we're dead in that analogy. So Mm -hmm. never mind. Whatever. Um, But anyway, this show comes out every week. Every Friday we have a new episode for you. But if you want more and you would like to thank us and support us and help keep the show going, you can go to patreon.com slash And If you donate $4 or more per month, lots of generous people and thank you very much have changed that number to something higher then you get access to all kinds of bonus stuff. So we do a bonus episode every month that comes out on the 13th. We also do a monthly live stream where we plan out the next month of shows and you get to not only be in on that, but influence the shows many times, talk to us live and other people in the chat and kind of like see what's coming and see our process of planning it and stuff it's very cool
0: yeah it's super fun and Mm -hmm. honestly we really appreciate it it helps keep this show Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward and vital it helps make it something that Kristen and I can invest our time and energy in Mm -hmm. and we love doing the show so thank you all so much for helping us uh, keep this party going yeah Um, make sure you follow at GTTU pod on Twitter Facebook and Instagram that's how you can best see when a new episode has dropped or find out that we are going live on YouTube things like that um you can watch every episode on this show by going to YouTube.com slash TalkBomb. Just look up Guide to the Unknown in the YouTube app. Mm-hmm. Um, and follow, subscribe there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun. Everybody's sitting here watching us record this right this second. And hey, you could be one of them.
1: Totally. All right. So now let's move on to trance mediumship. Yeah. This is kind of like... The stereotypical, maybe from like a while ago, maybe not as much now, but like if you were to see a movie or a TV show where there's a medium and like their eyes roll back in their head and they're like, hello, I'm John or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's transmediumship. Now I'm Gary. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming through. Um, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. But the word medium as it pertains to these things is. It's short for a spirit medium, and it means literally just like there are different mediums of art, a different medium of creativity. It's a different way for something to come through. So a medium, a spirit medium is used in the same way as a medium for anything else. That's
0: interesting. You
1: know what I mean? Like some people's medium for art would be graffiti. Another person's medium would be painting on a canvas. Okay. This so is somebody's... a person who is expressing stuff from the spirit world themselves and they themselves are called a medium.
0: Oh. It's, it's not like I'm a ghost and my medium, my means of expressing myself is Douglas over here. It might be, but Douglas
1: through. is the medium okay. through which the ghost is speaking. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just never thought about the word that no, way. No, me either. Um. So, the trance mediums basically are they're related a little bit to physical mediumship you can like there are all these interesting buckets like you can be a trance medium and a physical medium or you could be just a physical medium who doesn't go into trances and you could be just a trance medium who doesn't manifest physical stuff or whatever um basically the trance medium becomes either unresponsive to the outside world while this is going on, or just sort of vaguely responsive. So they could either be just like doing their own thing on their own trip. Douglas is just straight up speaking through them and they aren't having any other interaction with anybody around, or they're vaguely aware of what's going on. And you could say like Jenny, um, like, I was thinking the medium's name is Jenny. I get like, somebody could talk to them and be like, what does my father say? Right. And Jenny could ask Douglas, like, what does he say? And then be like, he says he loves you or whatever.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's, it kind of has a little overlap with something called channeling too. Again, they're similar and you could be a channeler, but not a trans medium, or you could be both. Channeling is basically that, You're always conscious during it. So a lot of psychics or mediums are channeling their information from the beyond, but they're conscious and they're hearing something and they're telling you about it. That's channeling. While a trance medium is technically channeling info from the beyond because they're getting it that way, it's different because they are in a trance state. They have basically taken like their conscious self and deliberately put it into the background so that a spirit can come into the foreground and be guiding the action
0: right because the way i think about it is like you almost the medium almost becomes the spirit mm-hmm. in a way that's what you mean yes. by them stepping into the background and the, and the spirits in the
1: foreground right so they're talking as douglas
0: they're being puppeteered by douglas yes
1: they're being puppeteered by douglas okay exactly um but sometimes this the what i was trying to say before with like you could ask questions or whatever i kind of got in a hole and i wasn't totally right sometimes the medium is still sort of aware of what's going on um, but they're still talking as Douglas. Sometimes they're out to lunch. and is Douglas-, Douglas is running the show.
0: Here's a weird thing. Is it almost like deliberately putting yourself in the sunken place yes. from Get out? Yes. That's interesting, right? Because yes. in Get Out, it's like you take somebody else's brain and put it mm-hmm. in your body. They're driving the mechanism. They're driving the body. Mm-hmm. But you're still in there. Right. In the subconscious, sunken place. Yes. Helplessly watching through your own eyes yes. what this other person's doing with your body.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. So you could either be in that sunken place watching what they're doing, or they could be doing it and you're not aware of it at all. Interesting, But it is basically putting yourself back there. And like I feel like in, um, you know, popular knowledge about trances and stuff it is similar to hypnotism in a way like in get out the woman hypnotizes him kind of into actually he's in a trance state he's in a trance state and they call that the sunken place in that and um it's kind of similar it's like having your consciousness take a backseat. yeah basically okay um so channeling and trance are sometimes used interchangeably But they are different things and it doesn't really matter. But I thought the distinction was interesting that pretty much every psychic medium is channeling, but it's not all chance, not all trance. So it became super popular in the mid to late 1800s along with spiritualism, like that whole big boom. So trance stuff was really popular at the same time that physical mediumship was getting really popular. They kind of like came up together and Interesting, mostly women displayed transmediumship abilities or said that they had transmediumship abilities. And coincidentally, a lot of the spirits that were coming through these trans mediums had messages about like social issues of the day that they wanted to convey. So they were talking about like abolitionism and suffrage and temperance. So these you could either say these spirits were aware that there was a lot of unrest at that time and they want to get their thoughts known. Or you could say these women had these thoughts about these things and they wanted them to be validated. And because they're just a woman and you don't really take their opinion into account that much, a better way to make it seem valid is that it has come from the spirit realm.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I have a lot to say, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not the one saying it. It's the spirit
1: of Douglas. Right. Exactly. A man who you should all listen to and trust Mm because he's a man. And he thinks that we should be able to vote. So maybe it's something to think about. That
0: is very interesting
1: yeah yeah so i'm sure some people were I find like
0: that more interesting than it being a ghost
1: <laughs> it is interesting but like okay this is a way to get my message across. yeah yeah i thought that was awesome um so trans mediumship is still a thing today but it's definitely fringy like yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit, not widespread, but there's kind of acceptance of, like, psychics and mediums, like, on a lot of, on on the reality shows I watch, on Bravo, there's almost always an episode where they're hanging out with a psychic. What?
0: A qualifier. I think that psychics are pretty pretty accepted today. (laughs) On the reality shows that I watch, there's a very positive attitude toward them.
1: Oh, they have a very positive attitude toward psychics. On Real Housewives,
0: they're very accepting of psychics.
1: Oh, they really are, actually. I firmly
0: believe that psychics today
1: Mm -hmm. are... Part in our good graces, yeah. Um, Actually, the psychic that I went to right after dad died, I know we talked about it in some episode. I wasn't planning on bringing this up, so I don't have the episode for you. But that psychic that I went to who said the thing about toenails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so real quick, I went to a medium party at my friend Katie's sister's house. Katie's a listener and a good friend. And this, uh, it was a me- like a medium who was telling you stuff about loved ones who have passed, and she had some stuff to say about our dad that seemed like kind of random and like had that happen. Um, she was on the Real Housewives of New Jersey this season. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's Gina cool. Marie, spiritual medium. That's very interesting. Yes, um, but no. Anyway, I do feel like people are like, yeah, psychics are a thing. They're open-minded about it. I have to admit, I really am mostly thinking about this because of Real Housewives. It's
0: a particular – and that's fine. Mm-hmm. In my world – Yeah. And I'm not saying my world's the real world or anything. I know. We all have our own. I think particularly because of the internet and things like targeted ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. We are all seeing our own filtered version mm-hmm. of reality. Yes. In my world, no one ever talks about psychics ever okay. unless we're talking about it here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I follow a lot of like – Witches and stuff online, and the housewives love a psychic. So in my world, it's like, yeah, this is a normal part of life. Sure, to be looked at with skepticism, but not completely poo-pooed and blown away.
0: You know who has to hear about psychics a lot? Who? Allie. Because anytime we're driving around, I'll go. There's another psychic. (laughs) They're like every other block. How are they doing
1: this? (laughs) I don't know. How? How do you do
0: it? How do you keep the lights on?
1: Investigative. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Have you? Yes. I've okay. been saying this for years. I don't know how we do that. It sounds time consuming. I agree. <laughs> we'll send somebody else do it. And yeah. Tell us the information. How are all these psychic shops staying open? Somebody,
0: somebody out there do it. Mm-hmm. We'll release it as a guide to the unknown expose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll take all the credit. Um, so, all right. Anyway, in my in my world, psychics aren't that weird. Okay. Um, but trans mediumship is still kind of weird to like – for i'm not seeing that on real housewives somebody sitting at a table and having their eyes roll back in their head and then talking like douglas but it does happen sometimes
0: i like that we've just become so comfortable with the idea of any ghost is douglas
1: it's an easy shorthand so i wondered what is happening and what does it feel like for the medium like what's going on how are they getting themselves into this trance state what are they experiencing So like I said, they have to consciously try to have their um, awareness and consciousness take a backseat. So they basically withdraw their senses. They basically have to be like a very good meditator in some way where they're just like, tuning everything out, just like totally diving into stillness. I can't even imagine what that would be like, but that's what I read, um, in order to allow something else to come forth. So they have to withdraw from the physical world as far as they can. They're still sitting there. But to such a degree that they become passive enough for a spirit to come in and at least take some control of their body and their mind use their vocal cords, manipulate their thoughts, and they're in the background.
0: That sounds... If you believe this sort of thing. Yeah. Very risky.
1: Oh, God. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You have to become, quote, passive enough so that something else well, could just I'm take control of your body? Yes. How do you yes. know what that's, that is? That's how
1: I interpreted what I I think I'm paraphrasing, but that's how I was interpreting what I was reading. You have
0: to almost make your body seem empty, but still alive. Yeah, your
1: brain has to be as empty as it possibly can be. And here's the other thing. That's not possible.
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: It's not possible. Correct. Like the most Zen of Buddhist monks still acknowledge that you can't empty your brain. Like that's a very popular misconception about meditation is that it's the lack of thought. Clear your mind. It's not. Right. It, it's con- It's concentrating on a single thing, which right. might be your breath. It could be a sound or whatever. So it is blocking out some other things, but your mind needs something to focus on for the majority of people's minds. it's. It seems to me everything I've read about – meditation and consciousness and all this because i just like that stuff it's you're don't even worry about clearing your mind because that's literally not a thing
0: so you're saying this is what they say they're doing and, and you're i are on record as, it okay
1: yes okay so um so yeah so they they are withdrawing everything they're an empty vessel now for a spirit to come through so trance is accomplished when they have gotten out of the way enough for the spirit to come and control their mind. Now we're in a trance state. Now we're cooking with gas. It is a collaboration between medium and spirit.
0: It's a dance. Yes,
1: it's a dance. And trust in the spirit world strengthens that collaboration because you know that you can take a backseat as a medium and you're going to be safe and you can really let yourself go and let this person through.
0: It's almost literally like sitting in your car. Mm Mm-hmm on like a busy street yeah rolling down all the windows leaving the engine running and then literally climbing into the back seat and like maybe pushing mm-hmm. the driver's door open. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, hey, some, someone get in this car and start driving. it.
1: Right. We'll see what happens. Um, so even though their conscious mind isn't really running the show concerning what's said, they do still have to focus on staying out of the way. So they can't, if, if it's not the case where they're completely out to lunch, if they're still aware that like, okay, I'm in my trance state, Douglas has come forward. <laughs> they still have to use enough concentration and focus to stay out of the way. So they don't get to just totally chill or anything. Okay. Um, And they can't think about that so consciously, though, I would imagine, that it snaps you back into reality and ruins the show. Right. Seems like quite a juggling act.
0: It sure does.
1: So can anyone do this? Could you or I do this was my question. Because there's the idea and the theory that like all of us are psychic to a degree. All of us can be mediums. But we are, it's socialized out of us that we could do this. And there are schools and classes that teach you to get in touch with your intuition and psychic senses and stuff. And by the way, I actually do believe that. I I do believe that we probably all have some sort of extrasensory perception that we don't nurture. And if we did nurture it, I do think we could probably tap into it a little bit more. Well, I can do it right now. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing it. I'm Douglas. He tried. Oh, my God. He's with us. Hey. Is Douglas with us?
0: Yeah. Oh, Douglas is right here. (laughs) How's it going? Uh, Let me bring Will back. Okay. (laughs) Hey. Hey, uh, Sorry about that. was Douglas her? Did you it work? You sound
1: so much like Douglas. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, I was thinking like that's a theory that anybody can be psychic or, you know, have mediumship abilities. Does that go a notch further and anyone could potentially be a trans medium? It's not like something you're born with right. that you're a trans medium. Um. I. It seems like technically the community that would believe this is a thing says yes, but I'm saying likely not. Even yes. if I was to yes, you could become a trans media. Okay. So um the thing is, even if we're gonna say, yes, I believe this is a thing, whatever, it's still pretty unlikely, even within that belief, that anybody could do it, because it takes such dedication and like repeated persistence to find a way to pull yourself back that far. It's pretty unlikely to me that the average Joe yeah. could really get into that space. So technically You could, people say, train yourself as a trance medium, but, like, to be really effective and to actually be in a trance, not just channeling and hearing things and saying them for the hell of it, it seems pretty unlikely that, like, just anybody is going to go that far. But theoretically, yes. Um, And I want to mention, there is a college, quote-unquote, called the Arthur Findlay College that offers mediumship courses, and coincidentally... If you're listening to this in real time, they have a new trance course that is starting tomorrow, May 22nd. It is four and a half hours for 64 pounds, because this is a British thing. I assume that's a steal. Right. But this is the foundation for trance class.
0: Well, whether or not you're at a seance or enrolling in a class to become a psychic, Mm -hmm. you might lose a few pounds.
1: Yeah. William, come on. Okay. So then I thought to myself, what's a good example of what this looks like? Like, same as you saying, like, there's a seance, yeah. they see some stuff come out of them or whatever. Like, what is what's the deal with a trance yeah. uh, a trans medium seance? Now there is a show, I already mentioned it, that's on Netflix called Surviving Death yeah. that came out earlier this summer. And they have somebody who is both a trans medium and a physical medium. On the show doing a seance. Now, they don't allow cameras in there, duh. They do record every single session audio only, and it is in pitch black, duh. Of course. This is a woman whose name is Nicole De Haas. Um, and she has studied at Arthur Findlay. She also studied at the Academy for Mediumship starting in 2005. And she honed her abilities for 10 years, eventually teaching courses herself. So she has, this is wild to me, a circle of people who meet every single week no matter what. They have basically signed a sacred covenant where they are committed to to being with Nicole for these seances every week because you're going to get better results from the spirit world if the spirits are with the same people every week and they know they can trust them, they're comfortable with them, we're all cool. And Nicole explained it as them basically being like teams that work together. There's like the home team who are there. I'm saying that she didn't say it. There's like the earth team and the spirit team and they are working together and so you need a consistent home team so they like uh interviewed one of the women who goes to this circle every week and she was like i've missed birthday parties i've had to miss work meetings like is my priority to be here every week for these circles wow Like these people are just like super super dedicated um it's like building a relationship yes right? yes well, i
0: mean uh, listen i'm gonna say something a little ridiculous mm-hmm. we meet here every week we do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, uh, we've we've each canceled stuff mm-hmm. to be able to do this show.
1: Have I? I don't know that I have. Really? I don't think so. What do you think I'm doing? Ever?
0: I don't know what your <laughs> life is, but like, you of know plans. what I mean? Like, like if if and if you believe that the afterlife one exists and two is possible to contact, mm-hmm. wouldn't that take precedence over? pretty much every other thing. Yeah,
1: so these people are really devoted. They really, really believe in it. And like how wild and cool is that if you believe in it? And so I understand why it would take precedence. Like I have this relationship.
0: I used to go to the Stress Factory every Wednesday for a while too. Mm -hmm. you just kind of like being in an environment. It almost becomes your clubhouse. You're you're
1: like, your friends are there. It's the same group every single week. And by the way, that's the same thing that Samuel Aykroyd did. It was the same group. It was a weekly seance. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was so this is like a theory. It's not necessarily completely unique to this group. It's a thing.
0: I do think that that's kind of if if not be- believable, fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, I think it's nice. Yeah. Um so they show a séance. They can't show it, but they do, you know, take you through it basically. It is in a dark room, no cameras or anything and nicole sits in a spirit cabinet because remember she is also a physical medium not just trance medium right so they velcro her hands down to the arms of a chair so that you know she isn't moving anything they velcro her legs down and they close the cabinet velcro is the noisiest of restraints that's why they do it right because then you hear like whatever yeah. so <laughs> So she goes in there, and what they do every Tuesday.
0: It's so stupid. Imagining closing somebody in a box, (laughs) and then you just hear, it's so juvenile. Forget it. I'm not going to make the sound again. Go ahead.
1: So, they close her in there because there have been physical things that have happened during this. They'll hear, just like you said, like, hear a knocking somewhere far away. They hear footsteps or whatever, and they want to know that it can't be Nicole doing this. Um, So, she's, like, strapped in there, and what they always do is they sing – Altogether, together because they are trying to raise the vibration in the room. Because the idea is, is that spirits and mediums exist on a much higher vibration than we do and singing and happiness and stuff raises our vibration. And so that makes us closer to the spirit realm. And then the spirits work to drop themselves down a little bit. So then we can meet in the middle
0: by singing less. How do you <laughs> drop your vibration? If you're a ghost, I don't know. I
1: don't know. But, like, it's you're supposed to be singing, you're like raising your happiness, is raising your vibration and like your togetherness and stuff like that. Like, all the good stuff. I guess the ghosts like make themselves less happy and drop down. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Now, vibration vibration doesn't mean literally vibrating in this case, right? Like, we're talking about some sort of like a frequency. Yes.
1: Yes. It's, yeah, like your vibes okay or whatever so it's like raising your vibes okay and then the spirits drop their vibes a little because they're so high vibe yeah and then they're a- you're able to meet or whatever now I find this funny I don't I I don't know why in this particular seance they were singing the rose by Bette Midler <laughs>
0: how's so that go that
1: you know like some say love that song oh
0: yeah, yeah yeah yeah. um
1: so you know it's a nice song i thought you were gonna but say it's-
0: kissed by a rose by seal
1: that would raise my vibe sky high baby <laughs> <laughs> the spirits wouldn't even have to lower their vibe i would be so up there <laughs> i'm flying high baby i'm in the spirit world <laughs> every once in a blue like i probably do it maybe like once a year or something i text ryan just like some lyrics from kiss from rose <laughs> really? like um i'm trying to think which ones i do i don't know something mushy. used to be a it's something that seems normal enough at first like um god i'm trying to go through the lyrics of kiss from rose i don't know i'm sure i've texted like you became my power my pleasure my pain <laughs> 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 um so once in a while <laughs> so i know it's really dumb um so they do this so they do we've you know we have fun it's great we have fun of course um so yeah so they raise their vibe the spirits drop their vibe now here's where the trance stuff comes in and i almost died i almost died <laughs> okay so before i i i'm messing up the timeline a little bit but before we even went to watching the seance. They're explaining in like voiceover and talking head how this is going to go. And that Nicole has a few different um, spirit guides. There's one called silver cloud, which has a deep gravelly voice. And there's a little nine-year so Silver Cloud kicks off the festivities. Like this is like the spirit team. Silver Cloud comes in first usually. Um, then there is a little nine-year-old boy whose name is Tommy. Now Nicole says that back through time physical and trans mediums have pretty much always had a child on their spirit team. And that's because their role is to make the circle more comfortable. They come in and like, you know, kids are cute and you feel instantly at ease that there's a child here. Now in the show, she says it's their role to make the circle more comfortable. Immediately in the show, it cuts to Nicole's voice going, I'm Tommy and I'm very important.
0: Oh...
1: I am not comfortable. That doesn't comfort me at all.
0: That doesn't make me comfortable. Even, even before the voice, the notion of a child ghost is not something that sounds like I want to be
1: around. Well, they might not be a ghost. They could maybe have never even had physical form, you know, like this could be just a pure spirit being of light. Just choosing to be a little boy named Tommy. I get that. Maybe they were born into being, I don't know.
0: What led to that decision?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing on the other side. You're just born into crap. I don't know.
0: Uh, Get out of here, kid. You bother me.
1: (laughs) You bother me. There's also Frida, who has kind of a floaty voice, and that's who usually brings the loved ones through. So in the seance, um, (laughs) so they're singing The Rose by Bette Midler. They're like, (laughs) some say love, it is a river. And then you hear her go, hi, guys. Ooh. from inside her spirit cabinet and these people seem very sweet and like very dedicated and they're used to doing this every week. So they're like excited and they're like, hi, Tommy. Like, Tommy's here. We get this. This is another week for us. This is very cool, but this is not so out of the ordinary. So just like, hi, Tommy. And it it, kind of goes from there. Tommy's like, all right, well, I'm going to bring some, I'm going to bring Frida through now, and she's going to bring some loved ones or whatever. And then Frida's like, okay, um, I have somebody here. It's somebody's father. And then, like, a father communicated with a son who was in the circle. The son felt very affected by it. Um. I will say, so the, the son felt very moved and affected by this. I will say that later in the series, and I, I actually didn't include this because she doesn't go into a trance during this part. Um, I guess she can also just do like mediumship stuff. She went to somebody's house to do a reading for them and their family. And it was somebody who's, man, I, I seriously wasn't planning on saying this. I'm sorry, this is inaccurate. It was somebody who's I, maybe dad yeah. had passed away and he's been on this journey of like, He's very interested in psychics and mediums, and he's been going to different people. And he actually – it doesn't seem like he's doing it in, like, a crazy unhealthy way. He seems genuinely interested. Like, he would love to hear from his dad, but he's also just curious about the – The um, process. Yeah, yeah. How,
0: how is this? Do I believe it works?
1: So he goes to different yeah. people, and they're, he's a good person to have as a proxy on the show because he is, like, a celebratory skeptic um, and interesting dude. So she goes to their house and she says some stuff that at first they're like, wow, like how would she know that? Like, I think the guy's dad owned a restaurant or something and she's saying something about the restaurant. And then once the dust has settled and their emotions have kind of cleared a little bit and all that, they realize on our Facebook page, you know, we have the menu on our Facebook page and it has an anchor in the corner or whatever. And let's say she mentioned that. And so they end up being like you know i'm not really satisfied by this reading yeah um so you know some people were very yeah. affected by her in her trance state there was somebody else in the show who she wasn't in a trance but they 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 felt that she had maybe looked this stuff up um but it is very interesting and so that's kind of what happens right. at least for this woman and maybe some other trance mediums
0: that's very interesting mm-hmm. good thing they put her in that spirit cabinet so that she could do all those voices I know. And we can't see her do it?
1: Well, here's the thing, because remember, she, I'm talking about the trans stuff, but she is also a physical medium. Okay. So ectoplasm has also, not in this seance, ectoplasm has shown up in other seances that she's done. And so in that case, it's showing that she somehow didn't, you know, do something that did it. I will say, in the beginning of this seance. She specifically says, which I thought was kind of weird, she's wearing, like, a vest, and they're, like, strapping her in, like, her, like, friends or whatever, and she's like, and all the buttons of my vest are buttoned or whatever, and they're like, yeah. And then at the end of the seance, when they open it up, they're like, oh, they're unbuttoned.
0: Oh. So
1: I think she was making a point of making sure you guys see on my buttons because you know i don't know but so she's strapped in like you'd imagine like you know arms bent resting on the arms of a chair legs strapped or whatever it doesn't seem that oh i'm sorry I just move this because i was demonstrating it it doesn't seem that crazy to me that you could lean your chest forward to meet your hand yeah of course and undo your buttons sure you know or you know
0: just because it appears that her her arms are Velcroed to the arms of the chair doesn't mean that there's not some other way for her to get out.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, she could be, like, making her hands all little and scooching out of it or whatever. Yeah, sure.
0: Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, maybe the arms of the chair come off if she does a certain thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there, there are any number of things that a person might be able to do. Yeah, totally. Um, that that's That's... Interesting.
1: It's interesting. It seems like a really nice thing for the people involved. Like, I don't even say that in a condescending way. Like, these people meet up every week. They've been doing it for a long time. They obviously get something out of it, like some solace or peace or just excitement. Yeah. That, like, this is a really cool, weird thing to yeah. experience every week. We're part of something every week. Yeah. So, no shade. Um. But I just... I didn't find myself buying it.
0: Yeah, I even something that I didn't mention before but you sort of touched on it is the notion of darkness in a séance. Yeah, why? There was one there was one account in that book by W.J. Crawford where um he's like first of all, the medium in there has a spirit guide who's supposed to be her daughter, the mm-hmm. spirit of her daughter who passed away. And they've got the spirit trumpets that they're ready for ghosts to come in, which are there because you can't hear ghosts unless you have the spirit trumpet. But then the medium's spirit guide daughter's voice comes in from the top of the room, supposedly, saying, oh, it's a little bright in here. You might want to turn that lantern off. And so on one level, why do you need spirit trumpets if you can hear this kid? If you need spirit trumpets to hear ghosts, how come this kid can be heard? Um, and on another level, they dim the lantern. Mm-hmm. And another like half hour goes by with nothing happening. And then Mm -hmm. again, the spirit voice turned the lantern away and nothing ended up happening Mm -hmm. until the entire room was essentially bathed in darkness. Yeah,
1: they do this in complete darkness.
0: They specifically need... And the the result that W.J. Crawford got from it was this medium needed darkness in order to conjure the events. Mm -hmm. The other obvious result is this medium is incapable of doing anything unless you can't see what they're doing. Yeah, totally. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's a fun environment. Obviously, darkness is a playground for your imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, It removes all elements of ego. You can sort of more freely be yourself Mm -hmm. in the darkness and And allow your mind to go places.
1: If a medium is trying to go into a trance, you know, darkness... Helps facilitate that. There's a reason that you often close your eyes when you meditate or whatever. Right. You know, yeah. it helps you further withdraw if you're not looking around at things. Fair enough. Um, but if they're locked in a spirit cabinet, it could be all dark anyway, or you could put on bl- a blindfold.
0: Right. So, this is that, you know, conundrum of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, as long as you're not looking at me, I can turn invisible. Yeah. It's like, okay, was it really happening? Nobody's looking at you. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. By the way, I got that from the movie Mystery Men. (laughs) I believe Kel of Keenan and Kel, Mm. his superpower is turning invisible, but only if nobody's looking at him while he does it.
1: That's awesome.
0: Anyway, I anyway, believe that uh, that might bring yeah. us to the end. I think so. Of another episode of Guide to the Unknown, a yeah. little uh, mediumship adventure mm-hmm. here, a little rundown. It's interesting. It's interesting to know this history and and see what used to be in like the eighteen hundreds and what people are still doing today. Yeah, I really would have sworn that a spirit cabinet is not in use anymore because every account that I read from the eighteen hundreds made it sound exactly like a magician's cabinet.
1: Yeah, that no, you might they... see in
0: a magic show.
1: Some people use I mean, at least this woman does, and so I can only imagine that other people do.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, thank you all so much for hanging out with us for another episode of this show. Mm -hmm. Hope that you had a good time, heard some interesting stories, maybe learned some interesting things about – maybe you don't even believe this stuff, but other people do. I don't know. I I have a good time reading this stuff even when I'm – Obviously skeptical of it. Totally. Um, you can follow at GTTU pod on all f- social media to keep up to date with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. As Kristen said, hit up patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Become another world warrior starting at $4 or more per month. And you're going to get a whole bunch more Guide to the Unknown as a thank you for supporting the show. That's really what that's there for. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us online.
1: Yep. I'm at chillin' Kristen.
0: I am at the myth traveler. So, hey, we will see you again next time for, I think, more psychic discussions. Yes, yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe a little more, not that I didn't do it this time, but
1: uh, poking some holes. Yes.
0: Or famous stories of people who were supposedly caught Mm -hmm. faking their psychic abilities. I mean,
1: we may as well just say we're covering scams and frauds next
0: week. Phonies and flum flam. Yep. Next week, and I'm very excited about Mm -hmm. it. I have a crazy thing to tell you. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I want to cover Sylvia Brown. Okay.
0: Okay. I didn't even want to touch her. I was going to talk about the guy who brought his dead daughter into the Howard Stern show. What? Yeah, I'll talk to you about that next time. All right, everybody. Oh, my Thank God. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. But until that time comes, we must travel.
1: Back to the netherworld. Go away. What? There's a
0: whole video of this guy bringing his supposedly dead daughter into the stern show
1: i have never heard of this Uh what do you he brings her
0: dead body in in a wheelchair and says that she's a huge fan of howard stern
1: Mm. yeah is she actually dead
0: Kristen? i'll tell you about it next week
1: but okay is he saying to them this is my dead daughter's body
0: he sure is saying that what the yeah. Why
1: did they even let him in?
0: I'll tell you next week. Oh my god. Okay. okay.